Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Of course. Sometimes you gotta let the big dog eat. <laughs> I might do a song collage with that. That's good stuff. Hey guys, it's Walt. We are back with another episode. I have a special guest here, Colin Osier. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How you doing? We're here. We're having fun. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, hey, it's not raining anymore. Yeah, we've had, what, three days of raining? At least. Yeah. Well, we're here. We're going to talk some saltwater fishing, some blunders i hope i can say that and yeah oh yeah it's a, that's a, a polite word for it <laughs> so we're going to do that but before we get to that i would like to thank our sponsor wild edge incorporated maker of the step ladder y'all have heard about them you've heard about the product if you listen to our bonus podcast that we put out we had a variety of topics of how to use it what he's using what's coming down the line for his company go back and listen to that if you haven't already it's a really great podcast with some technical knowledge in there that we think will really benefit the end user so what you been doing buddy we haven't i haven't seen you in what like three weeks yeah yeah uh working yeah working a lot and i'm fishing a lot a lot yeah like every chance i get what's your instagram handle it's just my first and last name okay maybe i should change that my best friend his instagram handle is fish masterson yeah and i hope everybody like looks him up and gives him crap about that (laughs) because i do uh, but no. So I work outside. So if I ever get a day off work, it's because the weather is terrible. Yeah. Which means anytime I go fishing because I'm off work, it's terrible. <laughs> Typically unsafe conditions for the large bodies of water. But I can't help it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to go. You what's it? You got to make hay when? How's that go? I don't know. I don't either. How do you remember. make hay? Anyway, there's a, there's a phrase. I'll figure it out. There's a, there's a um. You got a new bow. Yeah, Talk I about did. It. I did. So, yeah, I'm really excited. And uh, hopefully I'll be shooting it here regularly um, now that the weather's nice. And uh, I don't So, anyways, uh, I had a bow for a brief period of time, but I never really shot it. And uh, I actually sold it before I moved down to Florida. Well, you know, Really, once I met you, 
because um, there's guys I work with, um, but it's kind of more like a they just do it just to do it, I guess. I don't know. But I met you, and I was like, man, I should really get into this. Had thought about it and was like, well, you know, when the money's, when I got a bunch of money <laughs> to just throw away, then I'll go get a bow. Yeah. And then you called me that day, and you were like, dude, I got a bow you can buy. And I was in. I was like, don't think about it. Don't tell the girlfriend. Just just go do it before you think about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, our story, how we met, is kind of fun. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, you you were hunting last year, started hunting hogs. And uh, I think you're hunting mainly with a shotgun, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, only a shotgun. So you're missing out on like a month and a half of the season. Yeah. For for whitetail. So I'm sitting here, and I'm on Facebook, and I'm looking for starter compounds three to four hundred dollars and my neighbor comes up one day and goes hey man you know he wants, wants this bow i'm like i know i know, I know a guy <laughs> and i said how much do you want for it and he goes 175 i've got like 13 arrows in a case it's fully rigged i was like it's a steal <laughs> so i was like i played it off kind of cool i was like yeah i think i know a guy let me call him walked inside it's like colin You've got to get this bow because it's it's a PSC Stinger three G S yeah three G yeah so it, it's a entry level bow but you got it at like way old price yeah I mean you had to put a new string new on string it. on it yeah but that so, was you know pretty cheap and painless well I mean let's say it was a hundred bucks you put two fifty into the bow or I'm sorry two fifty total yeah. you got arrows you got a case it's ready to go yeah. Still do most great. people don't get into it that for that easy. And you know what? It's not even the, the money. You know, I was. It's something that like, the more that I start hunting and, and fishing and like trying these new things, because uh, pretty much all of this is new to me. Yeah, talk about that for a second. Okay. Yeah. So I just started hunting uh, two seasons ago. Right. And it was. And when I first started, it was because uh, I worked with some guys that were big duck hunters, and this is up in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Which is like, Indiana's like the whitetail yeah. capital of... It's a big buck state. Yeah, yeah. It's religion up there. Yeah. But these guys were duck hunters. And, uh, my well, my one buddy's from Mississippi. Um, so, yeah, they dragged me out one morning. And uh, we didn't... Sh- I didn't shoot my gun at all. I was using somebody else's shotgun... I was using uh, a borrowed pair of waders. This is the best start to that, any story right that, here. That, that Hodgepodge with the stuff. Oh, man. I was freezing. Because duck season in Indiana, it start. you know, I think <laughs> the first day, the opening day was October, sometime in October. It was still like in the teens Yeah, when we were paddling out in the morning. We were in a, in a canoe, three guys in a canoe. And we saw a couple ducks, but there there was just uh, you know guys out on this big reservoir with their mud motors, and we just couldn't really uh, run with the big dogs. <laughs> but that was it. I was like, "This is awesome," and I enjoyed it. <laughs> how early did you get, how early did you get up in the morning? Oh like, man, I think I had to stay at one of their houses because they did not believe me that I was going to wake up on time. So I actually spent the night at my buddy's house, and I think we got up at it had to be three or four because we were on the water by five. Dude, when you when you heard that you were going to have to get up at three o'clock, what did you think? Like, were you hesitant at all? Well, I you know I knew that waking up early was part of the gig, and I you know I, I've always I've always had to wake up wake up go. early. I got you <laughs> for work, you know, because usually you know we start at seven or seven thirty. But I most of it was just trust. 
Like I knew it was going to be rough and it was going to be cold, but obviously there was something that these guys loved about it. Right. And I could just, I knew that they were just, they loved it. So I was like, I want to try it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that morning was fun. I didn't really get hooked on it that first morning. The second morning was worse. Uh, It was terrible. (laughs) Um, But this, so the next weekend, one of them got permission to hunt this private property and it was this little farm pond. And there's cut corn all the way around it, and oh, there's just this God. this little acre pond, and uh, it was like a uh, really shallow. Like I think in the middle is probably only uh, ten feet deep, but all around the edges was real shallow. Yeah. And they we had seen hundreds of mallards and geese and te- it was packed. So we're sitting there Saturday morning, and we built a little blind on the edge of the bank. Sunrise was at seven or seven thirty, something like that. So shooting light comes, and then the sun comes up, and nothing. We're just sitting there freezing, freezing our asses off. <laughs> I was trying to think of a nice way to put it, but there's no way to like put how cold it was. It, we were freezing our asses off, which isn't fun when you're not seeing any birds. This is kind of funny. I'll, t- I'll tell it. My dad is really corny, and he used to be like, hey, you guys want to hear my duck call? And he would just go, here, ducky, 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 ducky. <laughs> but he would do this whole build up, and you'd think he really knew how to sound like a duck. So I did that. We're all laughing. And like out in the distance above the trees just come like bands and bands of mallards. <laughs> oh, my God. And my two buddies that I'm hunting with have been hunting like their whole lives. Like they grew up doing it. And my one buddy from Mississippi, I, I like look over and he's literally like hyperventilating. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and my other friend, I'm sitting in the middle. You know, I get the, I get the, the rough spot because I'm new. My other buddy on the other end, he's just like cursing, like uncontrollably, like under his breath, because he, you know, just adrenaline pumping. So I'm like looking back and forth between these two guys, and I'm like, I don't really know what to do here. Like, we never really talked about this. So I just waited for them to stand up and start shooting, and I stood, I think I closed my eyes, because what the hell do you point at with all those birds? (laughs) Yeah. Point and pull. Oh, man. And I think we shot maybe two or three at all these mallards coming in. We let the first couple uh, bands land, and it was just we uh, could not control ourselves. But that was it. So, yeah, I was hooked. Yeah, from that point forward. Yeah. So it's it's funny to me because Leighton and I, my partner, we do a lot of duck hunting. Matter of fact, he's pretty much my duck hunting buddy. And we were hunting a lake that we had never been to before we're literally going blind and that's kind of how we've always done things why not let's go see what happens yeah and we get out there and it's the morning of it's 69 degrees nothing like indiana (laughs) paddle all the way out there i'm in columbia fishing shorts up under this kayak you know it's a sit-in kayak so they're they're close and i've got like a long sleeve max one henley like button shirt right so we're sitting there we're not saying anything the entire time and Leighton is notorious for singing duck blind songs. And he just takes some country song and just starts singing about ducks. And I've got vi- I got video and audio clips I'm going to start putting on Instagram because they're hysterical. Oh, I want to see it. Yeah, it's just it's great. And the funny thing to it is I pick up the duck call just to be goofy one time. And I'm just like... I'm making all these ridiculous noises. Like, no duck should come to this. Off in the corner, <laughs> so okay. I make all these calls, 
And then Leighton goes, if you don't shut up. And by the time he gets to up, a duck gets up off the water 200 yards away and starts coming right at us. So he goes, if you don't shut up, keep going, keep going, hit it again, Walter, hit it again, Walter. Blow it. Yeah. And so the, the duck, I guess, sees us, hears us, knows something's not right at this point. He's like 55 yards out. Leighton throws up, boom, kills him. Only duck we kill the whole time. So it's just funny that, you know, you're doing this, hey, ducky, ducky, or your dad is, and then here come the ducks. Similar story. I'm blowing this thing, just sounding like, you know, daffy duck pissed off. And here comes a shoveler. There's a shoveler, but. Which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty cool. We killed wood duck, teal, mergansers, hood of mergansers, and a widgeon and a ringneck. Ringnecks, too. Did I say that already? I can't remember. No. Yeah. Ringneck, teal, wood duck, hood of mergansers. And widgeon. Widgeon. It's a cool season. Matter of fact, that's a, probably a good segue. Why don't you tell everybody how we met? Oh, man. Don't tell them the lake. But how do we No, meet? I'd never tell them the lake. <laughs> Nobody will ever know the lake. It's a top uh, secret lake. That a lot of other people know about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fewer will but, know having listened to this. But thank God that they do, because otherwise I would have been SOL. Yeah. Um, all right, so I moved down here from Indiana this past August hunted with some guys from work for the early season like these little wood duck holes and stuff but i was like man i want to get on some big water mm-hmm. all i have is a 15 foot canoe and i also have buddies that they just don't like duck hunting right and they just didn't want to get up in the morning so most weekends i was going it's by myself for the week of mine well and but it's one of those things like i said it just it keeps me up at night yeah and that's how i know i got a bad it just, it really does and days that I missed, I don't think I, I only missed one weekend mm-hmm. this past season, Thanksgiving, and I was mad about it. Anyway, so most weekends I'm out by myself, and I have a 15-foot canoe and also a, uh, a Geo Prism, uh, which is like a little, it's a little four-banger. S- super off-door, <laughs> off-road, cap- capable yeah. vehicle, yeah. rock climbing. It doesn't even have enough clearance to get your head underneath it to see what you just hit. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Which was our problem that day. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's not a real boat ramp. It's just kind of like a, a hand launch thing. And I sank my car to the frame in mud. <laughs> like, all the way sank. To the point where I, I, like, got out. It's still dark. I was just like, well, I already got everything unloaded. Might as well go hunting. Because nobody's awake. Nobody's going to be able to come pull me out. So I went and, and sat and didn't see anything. And... Um, but there was one other truck that was parked there off to the side, and I was like, well, here's what I'll do. I'll just hunt somewhat close so that when whoever that is, when they start to leave, I can pick up and leave too, and, and maybe they'll be nice enough to, to help me get out of the mud. <laughs> so so I see these two guys in kayaks booking it back to the landing, and I'm like, I got to go. <laughs> and I don't know if if you remember but i was like following you guys yeah and you i was just thinking like man they probably think i'm a creep (laughs) like who's this kid out here in a big old canoe by himself with this crazy redneck looking paint job i camo painted it myself i'm actually kind of proud of that uh uh, (laughs) but yeah so i rolled up to the ramp and i'm like you guys have any luck (laughs) so the funny thing is you know you go ahead and finish up no i just uh yeah, I was embarrassed. It was an embarrassing situation. <laughs> First of all, that I was stuck. Second of all, like what I drove. Uh, and I'm like, man, what are these guys gonna think? And uh, I was like, are they gonna be 
are they going to be pissed off? I don't know. But it was, yeah, it was you and Leighton. Yeah. And you guys had been out hunting that day, and that's the first yep. time I met you. And you, yeah. you actually like had to drive all the way home, get a tow strap, and drive all yeah. the way back, probably a good hour out of your way. Yeah. And uh, came back and pulled my car out of the mud. Yeah. It wasn't any big deal. So we, the funny thing to this is, so we're kayaking out, and we try and as much as possible do things in a stealthy way to where people don't know right where we were hunting specifically that morning because we had shot a two-man limited ducks which you didn't tell me about at the time which i found out now and i think is i think is awesome so we're we're booking ass trying to get back to the ramp so we can haul these birds out before you get there so because we don't want you because we shot man we just like lay the wood to ducks and we get there and here you come booking behind him and I tell Leighton it's like oh shit look at this asshole he's <laughs> he's parked right in the middle of the <laughs> ramp like <laughs> I'm pissed off because we had a guy the two weeks before before park his Suburban right there to where you had to haul all your stuff to the end it was so freaking annoying so we're in the blind that morning it's like 5am flashback we're, we're watching, and there's this, this car sitting at the ramp. Just sitting at the ramp. The lights are on. Lights are on. It's just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. And I'm, I'm thinking, God, there's somebody getting you know, a little lucky. It's late <laughs> at night, but he's getting lucky. He's just chilling out there. So eventually the lights just cut off. I'm like, okay, whatever. We go about our day. Little do we know that's you probably yeah. trying to figure out what... Wondering what to do. <laughs> so we hurry up and shuffle. Leighton's got a bum knee at this point. He can't do anything... And if any way, you know, he's having to use a crutch and up. So I'm like hustling, putting gear away, trying to stow these ducks. And here comes Colin, and he and I think Leighton's like, uh, "Did you get stuck?" <laughs> and it was at that point, as we're like shuffling past your car, we're like, "This guy isn't a jerk. He just he can't get out now, you know." And I feel bad because I've got a photo I'm gonna put it on Instagram later. I used to drive a minivan, and that's what I yes. duck hunted out of. So yes. I was like, I've been pulled out many times. So I was. Totally empathetic, empathetic to your situation. I just remember, like, this guy is not getting his his car out of... I mean, you were bottomed out. Done. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you got any buddies? Like, yeah, I can call them, but they're not probably up yet. And I was like, oh, this guy's going to be sitting back here forever. So I look at late, and I call my wife. I was like, do you need me for anything? And they both said no. The right thing to do is go pull them out. So I took my brand new one-month... No uh, way. Yeah, yeah. I had just only had that truck for a month. I just waxed it. I mean, it was like mint condition. Just bought it. And I'm like, if, if this snap, if this <laughs> toe strap snaps and puts a dent in the back of my truck, I'm going to lose it on this guy. But it didn't. It pulled out real easy. So, yeah, that's a really long intro to how we met. But I think it's just a it, – it embodies the community that comes – from hunting and fishing, absolutely. Specifically, I don't think that kind of thing happens anywhere else. It, not, it can't. I've no. not. I've not seen it. I'm not saying I've been exposed to enough to where I know, but obvious that having done this for 15 years now, I've had four or five relationships all build around the concept of hunting and fishing. And there's a trust that's a build, and there's an experience that builds, and it's just an awesome experience. Leighton Harvey, 
my co-host. We grew up on the same club, hunting and fishing. That is a bond that we share. If we're going to spend time, we're probably going to spend it out there. Yeah. I met, I've met two or three people on online forums who said, hey, I've got a little spot. It wasn't their A or B spot, but it might have been their D or E or F spot. And they took me. Take, took me duck hunting. Hey, why don't we go work this public land? Turned into lifelong uh, friendships. With total strangers. With total strangers. With guns. With guns. Nowhere which, else. Which, which like, <laughs> blows my mind. If you think about that, like, it's crazy. Yeah. You know? Um, so I met you, and you were like, yeah, I'm new to hunting and everything. And I'm, I got your information because I had to come back. And I'm thinking, this guy's probably going to be, you know, just eager to do whatever it is to hunt and be out there. If we need to go over this ridge... Boom, we went, we'll go over that ridge. You've never questioned it. Yeah. You know, um, you're ate up with it. So it's awesome. And we need to get on here and talk turkey hunting at some point because it was maybe a, for next spring. It was a heck of a season. It was fun, man. We only it got was. to hunt twice. Yeah. Yeah, but it was yeah. real fun. Yeah. So we'll get to there. But saltwater fishing. Whew. Man. You had an adventure that you will never forget. Yeah. Well, and I mean, talk about ate up. Like I, I grew up. I did grow up fishing, and I did a lot of bass fishing, and that, and that's about it. There's only like, you're either catching bass, crappie, crappie, yeah, or catfish. We go catfishing too. Those are like the three things you got in. Yeah, there. I mean, you know, you have any deep water for like walleye or sturgeon or anything up like north. Up north, up north, yeah. you can go catch walleye, yeah, um, and not pike and stuff, but not in Indianapolis. Gotcha. Cornfields, deer, deer. ducks, geese. Gotcha. Yes. So saltwater yes. was like a new it was Pandora's box, a whole new world, man. And uh, again, one of the guys I work with, and and the first day I started at this job, I was going, I was like going person to person, and I was like, "Any of you guys hunt? And you guys hunt?" And uh, me and this <laughs> guy, you were too. Oh man! Cause and you I, know, every one of them was like, Got "This guy." <laughs> yeah, and most of them, like you know, would be like, "Yeah," and that was pretty much the end of the conversation. But me mm-hmm. and this one other guy. Uh, just hit it off really well. He took me saltwater fishing for the first time, and I think all I caught was a sail cat. But uh, he got me on my first redfish, my first trout. Um, just always, with, he, uh, we call it DTF, uh, down to fish. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> I was really wondering where that was going, but because he knows we no, need to make a shirt with that. I I would wear it down to fish, down to fish. <laughs> DTF across the he front. He knows no matter what the weather's like, no matter what the it. All he's got to do is text and text me the yeah. time when high tide is, and I'm on the way. Yeah, and uh, so we we go a lot and uh, probably too much. Uh, There's no such thing. Nine, no, you're right. But anyway, so oh man, when was that? Two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. And these photos are on Instagram. I'll I'll repost yeah. them for everybody. Yeah, it's it's worth the post. Um, Start from the beginning. What what did y'all decide to do? All right. Well, we got off work. There's me and and the two guys I work with. We got off work because it was raining, and uh, <laughs> and we work outside. And can't work in the rain. And um, was it only rainy? No, it was a it was like you know Florida thunderstorm. <laughs> right after the storm, yeah. which to me is like a thunderstorm. You're like, oh, no big deal, but not. It's not the case down here. Mm-hmm. We decided we were going to go fish for uh, black drum, and uh, which I hadn't caught before. They don't eat them. They just, it's just fun to catch from right. what I've heard. It's like a They don't eat the size that you catch. Right. Black drum we're is going delicious. After, yeah. We're going after like 50 to 70 pound right. fish. It's just a big fish. Straight up combat fishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, with like light tackle mm-hmm. and... Uh, it, it sounds fun. So we went out. We go to this this bay, 
and there's a big there's a uh, bridge that goes over this bay and this bay dumps into the the gulf of mexico mm-hmm. there's like a little primitive uh boat launch and when we got there the weather was actually pretty nice the the storm had already kind of blown over mm-hmm. and the the uh the bay was pretty calm like we could see it was pretty rough out in the gulf but the bay's pretty sheltered so we paddle out and me and, and one friend are in my canoe and my other buddy is in uh he's got a fishing kayak like an ocean kayak Rock on. we go out there and there was a we met up with somebody's mutual friend that's like a, a commercial fisherman and he had uh live blue crabs for us so yeah so we were we were breaking these blue crabs in half it's pretty i mean it's pretty basic fishing you're, you're bottom fishing for these for these drum and they like hanging out at the bottom of structure so so what was the structure you're fishing this the bridge the actual bridge that goes over the bay okay. so the 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 key is to just work pylon to pylon and and cast down as close to these pylons as you can down right. to the bottom with these uh blue crabs and you just got a, a blue crab on a on a like a five or six out circle hook okay and then you know we should have had steel later we should have oh, really? but i think we had like uh it was like thirty pound fluorocard liter, okay, and then a swivel, and then like a like a two or three ounce wow sinker, yeah, yeah, just trying to get it down there. Why and is, like, it? is that because of the current? The current it it just it rips okay. through that bridge because if you I found out the hard way I put a I think only a one ounce weight and I dropped literally you dropped straight off. down and by the time like when I tighten my lineup you know it's thirty yeah. feet away so yeah heavy weight probably should have had a little bit heavier tackle but like i was running like 40 pound braid mm-hmm. you know which it you know isn't i would consider light tackle right light for that fish but yeah so we started working these pylons and the let me wind. let me ask you something real quick are you bottom fishing or are you bouncing it up and down up against the side of the just pylon? letting it sit on the bottom okay letting it sit um letting the fish come to the gotcha to the crab and as we're kind of working these uh the bridge the wind starts picking up and what had happened was there was a man. I don't know anything about weather. It got windy after the storm. <laughs> that's all that matters. It got it, it got windy after the storm went through. In the middle of the bridge, there's like a channel for the big right. boats to pass through, and there's uh, two wooden catwalks. Okay. On either side of the channel, and I'm like, let's go tie up the boats, and we can stand on the catwalk and fish off of that and cast to the pylons. Gotcha. So that's what we did, and we got the gear out, and we're handing it up, walking up on the catwalks. May or may not be illegal. I'm not really sure. I, I just kind of took their word for it. Uh, <laughs> it seemed like plausible a good idea. deniability. That's right. That's yeah. right. So we're fishing, and it just started getting nasty, quick. And I I don't know how fast the wind was going. I I would bet probably thirty plus miles an hour, and it's just it just started gradually getting more nasty and nasty, and the, starts whipping these waves. The canoes smacking into the the catwalk. I hooked. I actually did hook up one fish. Couldn't get him up quick enough, and I got cut off on the oyster bar because at the bottom, you know, the pylons are covered in oysters. The bottom's all rock and oysters. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not on him as soon as he takes it, you're not. You're not. So you got fish. moments to get him off that pylon. Yeah, that makes sense. Just combat fishing. Okay. My buddy actually landed one. I had to be thirty or forty pounds. And I watched him, <laughs> he was sitting on the other catwalk, had the fish in the fish grips, holding it out to take a picture of it, 
fish wiggles comes right out of the fish oh, grips no. as he's taking the pic. The picture is just the fish grips. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it gets worse. So at this point, we realize we got to get out of here. It's just not safe anymore. Why? The wind was so intense that it was it was hard to stand on the catwalk. Oh, wow. Because it's just getting funneled out of this right. bay or up this bay. Just right. getting funneled. The sky is still is like, I knew that it wasn't going to rain anymore, but it just looked nasty, and and it wasn't a very smart move to begin with. <laughs> Not a single one of us thought like, "Hey, let's look at the let's look at the radar. Let's right. look at." We didn't look at anything. We just went. So we all decide that we need to get going because we are going to have to paddle against the current and the wind to get back to the boat ramp. Gotcha. So I get in the canoe first, and I get in the back. My buddy's handing me all the, the poles and the tackle boxes, hands me everything down. For whatever reason, I decided uh, I'm going to stick my poles all the way underneath all the all the gunnels. Mm-hmm. There's a brand new brand new fishing pole and, and one that I've, is fairly new. Anyway, so I get in. We're just these waves in between. This canoe is not built for like probably only two to three foot waves. Yeah, it's a lot for that a canoe. That is... That, uh, it is uh, unreasonable yeah. for a canoe. Yeah, it's kind and of I, dangerous, actually. Honestly, I should have known better. I really should have known yeah. better. And so I, there was like a point where fun, 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 fun. Maybe I screwed up. Yeah, and that was now. Yeah, <laughs> but it, even at that point, it was like, all right, well, let's just go. Right. So uh, my buddy gets in the front of the canoe, grabs his knife, and he goes. We, I, we tried untying the knot, but it just kept getting tighter and tighter uh. because. It, it was just, and I was like, you know what, just cut it, cut it. And he's leaning back and leaning over the side trying to cut this rope, and I'm hollering at him to hurry up and cut it. And we're constantly up and down and side to side and, like, smashing into the catwalk and all this All this is going on. I'm not paying attention at all to what the canoe is doing. And after this fairly big wave in the valley following that wave, the front of the canoe went underneath the catwalk oh crap so the next wave comes and that canoe can't rise yeah, up yeah, with yeah, it yeah. and that whole wave just came right over the side <laughs> and my buddy finally cuts the rope as this is all happening and i just remember him going we're good we're good we're good we're good we're good we're good and it was like <laughs> he's trying to convince himself. yeah it's like it's like the, we were not good and the canoe tips over sideways it just looked like a yard sale man <laughs> My other buddy's paddling around in the kayak, just cherry picking all this stuff. Even grabbed my can of chew. Wow! Which that comes in later. Fishing pole. He lost his fishing pole. Um, lost his shoes. Oh. His phone got ruined. Oh, See, I left my phone in my wallet. Wise in, man. In the truck. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You've done some stupid stuff before. That's huh? right. I, I, I'm a little, a little uh, rough by nature, so I don't go. take anything with me. Right. That's not rough. So luckily, most of the equipment got saved. Uh, his kayak looked like a like a a hoarder, though. He just had all this stuff just piled up on it. You know, thank God I was I'm an Eagle Scout actually, and I grew up in Scouts and Good for you. Uh, always did a bunch of camping and all that stuff. I knew we were gonna have to get water out of this canoe, so I stood up on the catwalk and had him flip it over upside down. If you're with another canoe, there's a real easy way to do it. 
and you just flip it over and pull it across the mm-hmm. canoe that's right side yep. up, yep. flip it back over and put it in the water. But we didn't have another boat, and we sure as heck weren't going to do it on the kayak. Right. So I thought maybe if we could get up on the catwalk and try and just get it elevated up to the top, we could get most of the water out, and it actually worked pretty good. Oh, I forgot to mention, I my buddy is freaking out. Like, just not handling the situation very well so i don't know if <laughs> sounds like a buddy i have i don't know if it's because he can't <laughs> swim very well we're in 33 feet of water in the middle of this bay come to find out it's because he's personally seen 10 to 15 foot bull sharks in this <laughs> in this bay and river so he's tweaking out he's, he's gone. losing it and it's perfect conditions for sharks just overcast you know nasty water we're around structure it's just, yeah. Cloudy over. Yeah, so I'm just so like, bad. dude, chill out. It's not that big a deal. But it was a big deal. Uh, <laughs> you just didn't know it. <laughs> I just didn't know it. Right. Did he share it? Nothing. Time? No. Oh. No. He didn't say anything. Nothing can kill you in Indiana. You can do whatever you want. There's no animals or anything that really that can kill you in Indiana. Nothing. Maybe a water moccasin. Oh. Cottonmouth. Oh, that's yeah, it. I hate cottonmouths. Yeah, but that's all you got. Wow. So y'all can live boldly without yeah, there's consequences. No, we are no the, gators, no sharks. Nothing. <laughs> uh, so we get the boat somewhat empty of water, and I get back inside, and I'm trying to, by myself, I'm trying to like paddle against the current and bail this thing out with a bait bucket. One of those yellow, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, has a lid on it. Oh, man. And uh, I'm exhausted, and I'm like on my knees in the bottom trying to, stay low and i finally get it bailed out and and my buddy gets back in and uh we flipped it again it was so we had to do it all over it was a whole mess finally we get it uh then there's still like two or three inches of water i'm like just get in the canoe i don't even care (laughs) and uh we realize there's no way we're both so exhausted uh there's no way we're going to be able to paddle back against the the wind and the current um and this was the only, and my, you know, my other friend was staying with us in the kayak, just mm-hmm. kind of keeping an eye, staying away from us so that if something, if we started panicking, we weren't going to drag him down. And, you know, we had life jackets and all that. Good. Yeah. So I, it was. Probably the wisest thing of this entire situation uh, was having I'll life tell you jackets. what. I'll tell you what. It was as safe as it could be considering yeah. the situation. Yeah. Um, but it got to the point where we realized there's no way we're going to be able to paddle back. So we decided that uh, Buddy One would paddle his kayak back to the truck, mm-hmm. and we were just going to ride the current and the wind to the other side of the bay, and he was going to cross the bridge and come pick us up. That's wise. I, you know, I felt weird about splitting up like that because I was like, man, if something happens to him in right. that kayak, right? But he had a life jacket, and um, so yeah, it was it was pretty much. It's like 900 yards either way. It's just a huge bay. It's massive. Yeah. It's not like a little body of water. It's a bay. Um, And we're right on the Gulf. I mean, you can see the Gulf. Oh, yeah. 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 So we just started making our way, just trying to keep with the the current and the wind, trying not to get turned sideways, and just trying to stay calm and freezing. We were freezing (laughs) and exhausted. But finally, we washed up in like this gated community, <laughs> and uh, like just hopped out on the seawall. See some woman sitting there, you know, drinking a cup of coffee or something. And here come two 
ragamuffins up over the bank, you know, just I hope I really hope that there's people watching just going, "Holy cow. Look at these idiots." <laughs> It was ridiculous. They might have been saying a word for you, trying to get you across that. Uh, I that hope so. I'm maybe, maybe. We made it though, and we got the canoe out of the water, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. So he drives around. We had to go. We're like soaking wet, like go and went to the the front of this gated community, and some lady came in, and my buddy uh, hightailed it through the gate after her. We loaded up everything and left. But I remember sitting there like in the grass just so exhausted and thinking man I need some chew and then checking my pockets and realizing that it was gone that was kind of like the cherry on top like it, things were already pretty bad <laughs> and when I realized my tobacco was gone I was just like I'm over it and my buddy pulls up in the truck and he's like hey do you want this and he's got this soggy full of salt water can of, <laughs> can of chew and I was just probably the like, best chew you ever yes <laughs> and it totally turned the situation around for and we you know we took a picture because it was like all right now we can laugh about yeah. this yeah um with the phone that you left in the truck yeah with the phone I left in the <laughs> truck write that down so you know lesson learned but I think that was the biggest thing that I took away from it was it really is worth it to to check conditions and check what the weather's gonna do sure because it's easy to show up and look and go, hey, it's nice. But, I mean, you you know yeah. that changes quick, especially yep. here and on the coast. Yep. You have to be watching, especially in the summertime. You know, uh, one of the podcasts that we recorded that will launch at a later date, we talk about Leighton and I being out in the boat in San Andreas Sound back in southeast Georgia. And it went from being a beautiful sunny day to all of a sudden you feel a cold draft of air behind you and you look and there's an isolated thunderstorm 15 20 mile an hour winds the water if it goes against the turn the tide it starts to stand up you know yeah and it's really important one of the reasons i wanted you to come tell the story is because there's a humor to it because you survived there is a danger to it that people need to consider and and it seems like all too often every summer every winter no matter what outdoor hobby it is somebody's underestimated the elements or over estimated the craft ability that they're in yeah you know a duck hunter goes out in the terrible conditions because they've read that's when it's the best time and they have too small a craft and they get capsized and or fill their waders or the fill their waders yeah. right you know this situation let's say you didn't have life jackets let's say you had life jackets but you were incapable of getting back in the in the canoe that could have been a serious situation yeah not just because of the sharks but just drowning right you know exhaustion so y'all did everything right that in a in an adverse situation you were able to come out of that just fine so i think i think an important part of this is also understanding fully the capabilities of your craft of your watercraft absolutely that 15 foot canoe feels really secure until it hits two foot swells yeah and you realize what were we thinking right yeah. Right. And unfortunately, that's about the worst time. You never want to be in that position. It's exactly. about the time that you're thinking, what the hell was I yeah. thinking? Because yeah. I took out my father's John boat. It was a 14-foot John boat, square hole, nothing fancy with a 99 on the back of it. I took it out in St. Andrew's Sound. Smooth as glass. I mean, literally smooth as glass. I'm just zipping across this thing, right? I go out there. I'm fishing. Not catching crap. But well, who cares, right? The tide shifts and goes against the wind. And I learned a lesson then that the water starts to stand up at that point. Okay, it doesn't take much. I got like 14 inches of clearance on the gunnels on the side, right? 
that's not much when it comes to waves. No. And you can't turn sideways. You have to project to going into the waves the entire time. you got to hope that you don't have to make a turn. Uh, you have to time your turn and whatnot. And that was scary. Oh, it's terrifying. That was yeah. horrifying. I'm out there by myself. I had maybe a life jacket. I think I had a life jacket. I don't think I had a whistle. I don't think I had flares. Any of that stuff. And I'm sitting in the second largest shark estuary. Breeding estuary on the East Coast. So it's... Like, great. You know, I'm all the way out here. Then there's the fact that I could easily get sucked out into the Atlantic Ocean, which is kind of a big pond. I don't know if y'all have heard of it. But um, there's all these situations where if everything's perfect. Leighton just told a story on the Red Snapper thing. There's two boys out there in an 18-foot bay boat. No, (laughs) five miles offshore. That's ballsy. And it's only ballsy until it turns into a catastrophe. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is I was listening to that and... uh, we did that. My buddy yeah. that I fished with has got a 17-foot polar mm-hmm. with like a 150 on it. Right. Great we, boat. It, it's awesome. Yep. And uh, he says all the time, well, at least I got a boat because people, you know, mm-hmm. it's an older boat. Yeah. People talk crap. He's like, at least I got a boat. And I'm like, that's why we're friends because you got a boat. Dope shit brings hate quick. People are going to hate on him for having a crappy boat because they dank got a boat. That's right. We call it the Polar Express. There you go. (laughs) That's awesome. Or the Polar Pop. We decided to go to Panama City Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago to go uh, uh, grouper fishing Mm -hmm. and knew where this uh, uh, grouper barge was at, like a a sunken barge, and we were going to go out there. Left at like 5 o'clock in the morning. We got out to the channel. It was evident very quickly that the seas were going to be terrible mm-hmm. and uh we knew that it by the time uh we got set up to where this group and i think we were only three or four miles out but we're talking like panama city it gets deep quick mm-hmm. you go three or four miles out you're in over 100 feet of water like it just yeah. drops off yeah people catch marlins and sailfish yep. from the pier yep and there was like it I, I don't really know. I All I know is I was standing up in the boat, and the waves were over my head. That's what's up. That's big. Humbling. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. was the first time that I realized this is not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, this this kills people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we went out and tooled around and fished for uh, uh, grouper and didn't catch anything but trigger fish. But it was a learning experience mm-hmm. of, like, man, could you imagine if we had tried to go way out? Right. We would have been... We, who knows? Right. Well, here's the thing. Your Leighton goes five miles out, okay? You're in an 18-foot bay boat. The storm changes like that. You underestimate it, underestimate it, and you're in that situation you just talked about. There's no margin for error, and people just need to be more... And it takes a long time to get back when you're fighting all yeah. that stuff. A long time. Leighton's boat, I think he said he got out there in 20 minutes, but he's got a boat built for it. Right. Huge motor. You know, it's it's a big deal. And he's careful about when he goes out. You know, he's he's got a twenty-seven foot boat, twenty-six foot foot boat, something like that. And even he is conscientious of when he goes out. And if it's bad out there, if it's questionable, it can get worse. Yeah. So he just stays in the shore for the most part. And I think that's the biggest thing I've I've pulled from my recent endeavors with bad weather right. and saltwater fishing right. is that uh, it is all fun and it. It's great, and right. I I love it immensely. But you do have to be smart about it, right? Yeah, you gotta be safe. You gotta be wise. 
So that way you have plenty more stories. You can come on the podcast more often. Wee. I'm not just saying you, but everybody. Yeah. Yee-yee. Yee-yee. Am I allowed to do yee-yee? Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I mean, know... it's a yee-haw. Actually, you know what? Do whatever. I don't want to do the yee-haw. Why? Because that's Layton's thing, man. Well, then you do a yee-yee. Give me but a little Kentucky man. That's the... Turtle yeah, man, rather. Turtle man. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yee-yee. <laughs> Live action. <laughs> Live action. There you go. <laughs> Well, guys, I think this is going to wrap this up. Uh, be safe out there on the water. I know it's the summertime. Y'all got the itch to get out there. But stupid decisions will end turkey seasons and fall seasons, memories with your family for the rest of eternity. So when you're thinking about decisions, remember that there's always somebody out there that's dependent on you to come back. Wear your freaking safety, har- safety harness. We'd like to once again thank our sponsor, Wild Edge Incorporated. If you haven't already, please go see his Instagram page. Check him out on Facebook. Go back and listen to the bonus episode that we did. Check them out. If you haven't already, please go to our Facebook page. Like it. Share it. Uh, We will tag Colin in the uh, Instagram post that announced this episode in case y'all want to follow his adventures. So y'all be good. Colin, thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, we need to go fishing. Soon. Yeah. (laughs) Y'all be good.